time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with registered financial consultant, Glenn Mosseller. Well, hey there, and welcome. It's time for another edition of the Retirement Roadmap Podcast. Walter with you today alongside Glenn Mosseller, registered financial consultant, founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting. We're online at roadmapfinancial.com. And on today's show, we're going to be talking about a really important topic, and we're going to try and sort out what's important about that topic, and we're talking about legacy planning. And I think, Glenn, most people realize that it's usually best to have an estate planning attorney maybe helping them with their estate plan, but it's also important for a financial advisor to be at least part of that conversation. And so on today's show, we're going to explore the role of an advisor and and how they play into this estate and legacy planning process and try to uncover some of the basic mistakes that people make when trying to sort all of this out on their own and how they can kind of keep themselves from going down the wrong path and making those big mistakes. You ready to rock and roll today? Let's do it, Walter. All right. So as the advisor, let me just ask you directly, what role do you typically play in a state in legacy planning? And does that vary based on other financial professionals? Like, do you guys all kind of do the same, uh, the same role here? Or does that vary depending on who you work with? Well, no, it, uh, there is going to be some variability, right, Walter? Because everybody's a little different. And everybody's situation is a little different. Some you know, may work with you know this attorney or that attorney, or maybe they haven't worked with an attorney, you know, and maybe you know in terms of also tax preparation and and you know and you know and tax implications of doing things, you know, and and, and that kind of you know the, the tax aware you know planning. All of those things are going to play into it, and, and everybody's in a little bit different place in terms of who they've worked with or who they're working with, and also the resources that they have. So, you know, we kind of start off with it's just like, you know, in a discovery mode, it's just like, okay, well, what is in place, you know, in terms of, you know, are there any legal documents in place? And, you know, and if so, you know, how old are they? And, you know, what do they, what do you have, you know, in there that, that you know, that's going to happen if certain things transpire, right? You know, you, and, you know, and is that, is that current, you know, or was it done a long time ago? Those are going to be you know, some of the questions that, that, you know, that come out there as well as, and, you know, the larger role for me as a, you know, as a financial person is, is, once we come to the end of your life, what's going to happen to your assets? How are they going to pass on? You know, are there beneficiaries in place? You know, are there going to be tax implications of, you know, of, of different assets transferring different ways? And, you know, how can, we, how can we work to be the most efficient in coordinating everything in terms of your finances, your different accounts and assets, as well as, you know, your, you know the, the legal planning that you've, that you've done with, you know, with, with the attorney? And that might be something as, as, as a simple will. Or, you know, it could be, you know, some trust planning as well. Different people are going to have different philosophies about that. Different assets are going to, you know, are going to kind of uh, create scenarios where it's probably more helpful to have, you know, to have some more elaborate things. Other assets might be pretty simple where where things pass by beneficiary form. So there's a variety of scenarios there, but that's kind of some of the starting places, if you will, Walter. Yeah, it's a good starting point for, I think, this conversation. So when you start working with folks, how do most of your clients view that idea of legacy? Are most people trying to leave a lot of money to their kids and their grandkids, or are they more focused on their own retirement lifestyle? Where where sort of the priorities there? So, I mean, there's a variety there, Walter, obviously. I mean, the vast majority of folks are, you know, are, are, are obviously more oriented to, you know, to their own retirement first, right? 
because this is the, the kind of the nature of things that they're going to, you know, typically it's like, okay, I've saved for my retirement. I've given my kids the, you know, the, you know, the opportunities that we've given them and we're kind of expecting them to be self-sufficient, you know, but at the same time, we'd like to leave them. We'd like to leave them some things, but typically it's, it's more, you know, it, it's more of the focus at, at least at the beginning for most people that, you know, hey, we let's 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 get our our house in order first to make sure that we're going to be able to do the things that we want to do, and then we can think more about you know other other things later. And it's it's pretty typical to think you know for for folks to think in terms of at least in the beginnings of the conversations is is that it's like okay, well, whatever's left over, we certainly want it to go you know the you know the kids and grandkids and to, you know to help them as as much as we can, and we'd like for it to be as efficient as as we can. We don't want to have Uncle Sam be one of our biggest beneficiaries but you know let's get our you know let's let's make sure that we have our retirement plans in place and our income plans in place that you know first and then and then we'll we'll worry about the other part later so to speak if that makes sense yeah i I guess i get that and that's where you talk about everybody being different not only from their financial situation but their attitudes as well so that's a pretty good distinction to draw I know that you've seen a lot of people try to do maybe some legacy planning on their own. Then they eventually come in and meet with you, talk about their financial plan, and the legacy conversation obviously gets pulled into that as well. So you've probably seen a lot of mistakes being made. Can you identify for us some of the basic mistakes that folks are making when it comes to estate planning? Well, I mean, I think, I think Walter, that, I mean, some of it has to do with not keeping up with changes in the laws and different things. They, they may think that that they're going to be able to, you know, pass things on, and then kids are going to be able to stretch, you know, certain accounts out, and and, and that kind of thing. And and it's not, you know, in terms of like IRAs and four hundred one ks, there, you know, there there used to be you know, several years ago the ability to, you know, if you were passing on and that, you know, an IRA, let's say, onto, you know, to an adult child. Well, you know, they had they at one point they used to have the ability to stretch that over over their lifetime and they could take required minimum distributions based on on their age, you know, and if they inher- inherit it when they were age 55, then they could take out small distributions and they could literally just, you know, continue to take stretch, you know, that those distributions out over their over their you know, entire life. And if there was money left over, then they could pass it on, and you know, you know, it could it could end up being multi generational, you know, and, and you know, back before there was you know some changes in the law, but the you know the Secure Act kind of changed that and created a scenario where that's no longer possible. And and now for the vast majority of beneficiaries, the accounts have to be emptied within you know within ten years, and so that can kind of create you know a scenario where there might be some some tax implications, particularly if there's large amounts of money in those in those accounts and it's pre-tax dollars and you think in terms of well when are when are your adult children going to inherit those dollars most of the time or those accounts and they're going to typically inherit them when they are in their prime earning years and so if they're already doing pretty well and then and then they're forced to take distributions at that time it, it may end up that, that a lot of that money ends up being distributed out and creates higher tax brackets and Uncle Sam ends up being a, a, a larger beneficiary so you know that's that's a that's a big piece that's that's kind of been relatively new in the, in the last few years but it's certainly significant and you know folks if you haven't if you haven't started making plans 
stands and and you know for that you know I I have yet to meet anybody that, that's wanting to let Uncle Sam be one of their one of their largest beneficiaries it's you know they they want to they want to try to avoid that if they if they if they can at all and you know and there are there are planning steps that they can be taken in a variety of different ways that you know that can that can uh, that can help you know alleviate you know some you know some of those pressures and some of those risks so it's just a matter of of looking at your particular situation and you know and and then and then evaluating well what are your objectives and you know and 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 you know what are all the dynamics that are there in in your particular you know situation Another scenario, Walter, that that I see is is you know is is, is a relatively large, and I say relatively large. I mean it's actually really a, a pretty doggone big um, error that that some folks make, and and I I always liken the the idea that legacy planning is not just for the kids and grandkids, right? I mean, I, I think in terms of legacy planning is also for the surviving spouse. In the vast majority of cases, you're going to have you're going to have one spouse is going to outlive the other, and oftentimes it's a, it's a significant length of time, right? I mean, it could be five, ten, fifteen years or more, you know, and because of you know how long people are living, you know, today with life expectancies and so forth, and that's a long time, and you know there there's the the significant scenario where you know, and most people don't really uh, understand it, or they do once it's explained, but but it's like, oh gosh, well that's so obvious. But I never really thought about it. And that is, is that when you, when you know, when, when one person passes away, you go from, in terms of your tax preparation and the and the type of tax return that you file, you move from married filing jointly to being a single filer. Well, what that does is like, it's like you know, overnight, the very next you know tax year when you're filing a tax return, now suddenly your you know your deductions are cut in half. And you know, in terms of your standard deduction, and then you're also the thresholds of, of what of what how much income it you know that you can receive and where the next tax bracket is. Those thresholds have been cut in half as well, and so it, it's very it's very normal scenario where you may have income go down because there's there's almost always some some reduction of income. If nothing else, there's there's one of the the smaller of the two social security checks drops off, and the larger of the two becomes the survivor benefit sometimes there's there's additional things there might be pensions that where their survivor benefits are, are, are less but I think you get the idea that when one person passes away there is some reduction there but yet at the same time there's still whatever assets that were there that are creating the other the other amounts of income and it, it's a scenario where oftentimes the income goes down and yet the you know the tax bill can go up or possibly even you know, end up being in a, in a higher tax bracket and so it ends up that more money is, is starting to get diverted away and 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 that the you know the expenses are going up because of that and so I you know I, I always think in terms of we want to make sure that we plan for that and you know in, in terms of knowing what's going to happen with you know with the with the tax filings and being tax aware with that but also the, the other piece that comes into planning for that is is when and how you take your social security benefits and what is going to be the survivor benefit and so, you know and, and sometimes it really it really makes makes a big difference as to when you take your benefits 
And you know, there, there are scenarios where it maybe makes sense to postpone Social Security for, for at least one of, the, one of the, the, the folks in the married couple, you know, to postpone it longer and have a larger survivor benefit from the Social Security and even possibly spend down some of the other assets. And, you know, and, and that's not a one size fits all. I mean, it's obviously, you know, everybody's situation is different, but there are scenarios where that may make some sense. And so you really want to explore that because, you know, you, you want to make sure that that reliable income is going to be there through time and that, and that you're being as efficient as you possibly can be with that. And that's a, that's a, that's a mistake that a lot of folks, you know, just kind of just they, they overlook because they think in terms of legacy is beyond both people and the couple. But, but you know, realistically, there's a whole nother, there's a whole nother life that happens for, for the surviving spouse in, in, a, in a lot of ways, you know, and particularly, you know, I mean, you know, like I say, I mean, that could be, you know, five, 10, 15 years or more. And, and that's a long time to, you know, to go and you want to be as efficient as you can be and also make sure that, that, that the resources are going to be, for, be there for that person, regardless as to what happens. Great points, Glenn. And I guess to maybe put a bow on this conversation, uh, last question for you about legacy planning is really just what do, what do you find to be the most interesting part of constructing a plan? My, my um, imagination thinks that'll be pretty revealing in terms of, uh, you know, just a, a good way to kind of encompass this part of the planning process. Right. Well, I mean, Walter, it actually, I mean, it, it, it's largely in what we were just talking about, right? In terms of, you know, you, you got to think in terms of, well, what are, what are your, what's your largest expense, you know, and are there ways to reduce or eliminate that? And for an awful lot of folks in retirement, one of their largest expenses, if not the largest expense, you know, is, it can be taxes, particularly when one, when one spouse passes away and the other, the other one is now suddenly is there as a single filer. Right. And and looking on how do how can we arrange things in such a way that that we're able to you know efficiently work towards being more and more tax efficient over time. And one of the key questions that that, that you know that I tend to ask folks is, is that, you know, well, what, are, what do you think is going to happen to, you know, to tax rates in the future? And, you know, I, I have yet to talk to anybody where they think that the, the tax rates are likely to go down. The, the vast majority of folks that I talk to believe that the tax rates are likely to go up, particularly when you when you look at what's going on in terms of the, you know, the, the national debt and the deficits and, and everything that, that, you know, that's going on in Washington. And you look at it, it's like, my gosh, you know, all of, you know, all of these things are there. And, you know, the, in terms of in terms of government revenue, they're always going to have to collect revenue from people who have money. Right. And so when you when you're in that scenario and you and you if you've got significant assets and resources, that that's there's going to be there's going to be you know looking to those people for for more tax revenue and how do you have your affairs structured and if you are in a scenario where you know you become a surviving you know just the surviving spouse and now you've got now you've got a scenario where you've got you you've got everything has just flipped you've you know you've lost you've lost the love of your life and and now you're now you're in a, a scenario where you've got oh my gosh I'm now I have half my deductions are gone and now I've got but I still have this much income coming in from the IRAs even if it's just required minimum distribution and what am I going to do with that 
that's the the biggest challenge that I see, you know, in terms of legacy planning because it's so much overlooked. You know, I mean, a lot of folks have an idea. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to leave this account, or we're going to leave this account, or this or this life insurance benefit to you know to the kids and grandkids. And those are those are significant things to be thinking about in terms of legacy planning. But you know, like I say, it's 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 critically important to to be thinking along the lines of the of the surviving spouse because often. Sometimes that's so overlooked, and and that, and it's tragic. You know, sometimes when it when it's when it's overlooked to the to the extent that it goes from being really you know the lifestyle is really good, and 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 then suddenly it just shifts, and you know because there's a reduction of income or, and or expenses go up, and and now all of a sudden you know there's not as much you know, peace of mind, and and that's and that you don't want to live the last years of your life you know worrying about things. You want to make sure that you're comfortable and confident that things are going to take you know, that, that are going to happen for you and that you're going to be okay no matter what happens. Well, if you have questions about something we've talked about on this episode as it relates to legacy planning and your financial future, please reach out to Glenn. Ask those questions. We know that it can become complex as you really dive into the nitty and gritty of legacy planning. And that's why you want somebody on your side helping to coordinate, serve as a quarterback to help accomplish all of your different goals uh, in this piece of the retirement planning puzzle. If you've got those questions, here's a couple of ways you can reach out. One's by phone, 336-291-3535 is the number, 336-291-3535. Or from your smartphone or computer, you can go to roadmapfinancial.com and click the free consultation button at the bottom of the page there. That's roadmapfinancial.com. And as always, you can meet with Glenn in person in the Greensboro, North Carolina office or virtually wherever you are. Roadmapfinancial.com, the place to go to schedule that time to visit. Glenn, thanks for the conversation about legacy planning, helping sort it all out for us, and we'll look forward to another good show with you in a week. Fantastic, Walter. Take care. You as well. That's Glenn Mosseller. I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you next time right back here on the Retirement Roadmap. <music> 